0: Hello, hello, and welcome to Gore and Guilty Podcast. I'm Georgia. And I'm Greg. And this week, it's a Greg episode. We are feeling good. Life's good. How are you feeling, Greg?
1: I'm feeling great. I'm feeling (laughs) COVID-free, unlike some people. (laughs) I know. I'll tell you what, actually. I have been good 99% of the time, but yesterday I was taking out my food waste and the bag ripped. That wasn't very fun. I didn't deserve no. that. I don't deserve that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh no! That is. W- did you have to do like the whole scooping up old food sort of situation?
1: It was. It wasn't so bad because most of it went back into like the actual bin, so I just had to clean that out. Um, but yeah, I did have okay. to do a bit of a dustpan and brush job on the floor. Um, <laughs> but it's just like the it's just like the grossest thing in the world. The smell. Yeah. Just because, you know, like last week's carrots or something, you don't... Mm, <laughs> yucky. And I was just like, what have I done to deserve that? But other than that, I'm A-OK. How are you, Georgia? Because obviously last time we spoke, you were feeling a bit covid
0: Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. So I... my only symptom at the moment, so I feel good in myself, and but I have no smell or taste, which has been the most bizarre situation. So. Um, if I per- like, if I spray perfume on myself, I, I, c- I can smell the bottle, and there is, there's literally no smell at all. Or if I'm in the shower, shampoo in my hair, I can't smell it at all. It's so bizarre, so bizarre.
1: It's funny that you've just been there, like spraying so much perfume on yourself to try and smell something, <laughs> and probably everyone <laughs> that can smell it is like, whoa, why have you put so can much I perfume? On? Chill out. It's like, oh,
0: she can't smell herself. <laughs> With your incident with the bin, I probably would have been better suited as I couldn't. I wouldn't actually be able to. Somehow, what was going on? So it has its it has its advantages.
1: I should have asked you to come round. Should have been yeah. like, Georgia, can you come and clean my bin up, please?" Yeah.
0: Oh, I'm,
1: sure having, yeah. I'm sure having I'm sure having no sense of taste or smell is quite useful for you know. You can hoover down as much broccoli as you can fit now
0: (laughs) and it's weird like i can taste a bit but it's all like the the main taste so i can i can know if it's salty or i know if it's sweet or sour or spicy but any of the subtle flavors just aren't there so the uh, yesterday luke was playing a game with me like he was giving me like wine gums like blindfolded and i was trying to guess what flavor it was and Every single time I got it wrong, like all I could taste was it was sweet. I couldn't taste any of the flavour. And he was just having like, he found it hilarious.
1: <laughs> You're missing yeah. missing a nuance. Yeah. You don't know what yeah. you have until it's gone.
0: <laughs> yeah. So don't take advantage of your taste and smell. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, we
1: forgot to post question. Classic. We did. So we were thinking, <laughs> let's... Just do old style. Pick a number between, I think it's one and twenty five from the list I've got.
0: Yes, yeah, it's quite good, I think, to to mix it up. So
1: yeah, we can put people be on their on toes. On purpose. <laughs> Indeed, okay. indeed.
0: So I'm gonna go with number ten because I'll be in I'm gonna be in isolation for ten days.
1: That's oh, yeah. we come full circle. Is this for you to answer? Let's do that. Um, You can answer this one. Yeah,
0: go on then, go on then.
1: What is the dumbest way you've been injured?
0: The dumbest way? Oh, this is really hard. (laughs) I mean, the most recent, one of my most recent injuries was I went for a simple bike ride and ended up getting like tendons. Like damage in my arm and couldn't lift anything for like five days. And that was just purely on going on a little bike ride, which <laughs> definitely didn't warrant her.
1: Oh, that sounds like it really hurt. That sounds painful.
0: Yeah, it was really... That was pretty dumb, because it was just... I had just basically forgot to low lower the seat a little bit down and was basically right up high on my handlebars and just fucked my arm. But... I don't know. I, it's going to come to me now, like later down in the podcast uh, episode, and I'll be like, yeah, that would be dumb." Have you done anything stupid that's caused an injury?
1: Do you remember that night back in uni when I got really drunk playing Irish poker with the <gasps> bottle of Frosty Jacks? Yeah. And we went to the Wonky Sheep, and then I skipped home, and I, I fell over. Yeah. And I remember, I must have fallen on some glass or something, because... <gasps> When I got up to go to my lectures the next day, I remember being on the bus and like closing my hands together and be like, oh, what the fuck is that? And it's just cuts all over my fingers. It's <gasps> horrible. Really hurt. That's dumb. So that's, that's the one that comes to mind. That was dumb because I just got really, really drunk.
0: I remember that reminds me drunken drunken nights out. So there was this one time uh, in college. So I was probably about. Sixteen, seventeen, and we were at a hot like this our friend had a hot tub and we went drinking in the Ooh. hot tub which was nice and fancy but i ended up drinking the malibu far far too quickly and um asked someone could they accompany me accompany me to the toilet as i didn't think i would be able to stand very well and they went oh just sit on the edge of the hot tub and i'll come and help you i was like oh thank you so I sat on the edge of the hot tub and sure enough fell backwards down seven steps, <laughs> woke up with decking marks oh, all over my head, my arms, my legs, <laughs> like the, um, the lady like ran out from the kitchen. Cause she saw me and she went, oh my God, are you okay? Are you all right? I was like, he's laughing down the bottom of the, bottom of the steps. So I'd probably say that was probably my dumbest, dumbest injuries.
1: injury. That, does, that doesn't sound like you covered yourself in glory on that one.
0: Mm-mm. It was highly embarrassing.
1: Right. Injuries aside, yes. shall we jump into the case? Because it is a pretty long one today, so I am apprehensive slightly about making sure we don't go for too long.
0: Yes. Let's do it. I'm excited. I don't think I know this one.
1: This case is really... It just is such a shocking case. And there's like two really central characters to this, so I've just Okay which is the victim and the perpetrator, so everyone else is kind of secondary, so I put most of the emphasis on those two. Uh, the case is Breck Bednar okay, and uh Lewis Danes. So Breck Bednar was the victim and Lewis Danes was the killer. I plan I don't know we normally use the killer uh, like the criminal's name for our episodes. Kind of felt more appropriate to use Brex on this one because, like, the real motivator for doing this case is the this case is the tragedy that stuck, like, that struck Breck Bednar's family, and it, yeah, it felt better like we should put a bit more emphasis on on his side of this story rather than uh, Lewis Danes, who was a horrible, horrible man, very duplicitous and malicious with his actions, and absolutely.
0: I think it's always good, it's it's giving those people a voice and making sure their story's being told, so, I agree.
1: Yeah, awesome. The other reason that I think it makes sense to use Breck's name rather than Lewis's for the title of this episode as well, is that as part of the legacy of this case, Breck Bednar's family used his name as part of a foundation to raise awareness for staying safe online and... Uh, the prevalence of grooming, and dangerous people on the internet. So, I mean, this case really should serve as almost a reminder for people to stay safe online. There are entire cases where, you know, the internet has facilitated the killings and and the crimes of society's monsters. And I'm fairly sure that there are entire podcasts that are just devoted exclusively to internet killers feel like this is the first case that we've done that's like that
0: it has yeah i think so it's and it's definitely very relatable to probably everybody listening to this podcast how much we use social media how many times you can it's so easy to speak to people that you don't really truly know who's on the other side of the screen so i definitely think it's an important case to do and yeah very relevant
1: indeed let's start by talking about breck breck was 14 at the time of his killing Like many 14-year-old boys, Breck loved to play computer games. His friends would describe him as generally a joyous lad, but he was at his happiest in front of his computer. Breck was really smart and was getting A's and A stars across the board at school. He was the oldest child in his family, and interestingly, or at least I think it's interesting, he had three siblings, but they were triplets.
0: Oh, no way. That is, that's cool. That is cool.
1: Indeed, indeed. So he was, um, yeah, I think a few years older than then. Um, He was the oldest, they were all the same age.
0: Wow. Amazing.
1: Breck would frequently play computer games online, like many teenagers. After school, he'd often go home and socialise online. He used a gaming server that included some real-life friends and other friends that he'd never met in person. Which goes back to the thing you were saying at the beginning. You know, it's quite easy to socialise online with people that you've never met in real life.
0: Yeah. And, you know, a lot of the time you can make some amazing friends on there and meet some incredible people that you wouldn't ever have a chance to meet from your local area. You can talk to people from all over the world. So as much as there are negative connotations to social media, there's also some incredible things that you can you can do that you wouldn't have been able to do without it. So... It's just weighing up the risks and just making sure you personally are safe when you use it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think uh, there's maybe one or two other people in that gaming server that Breck hasn't met that were friends to him and were who they said they were. And, you know, that it's kind of the two sides of the coin. I think you're right.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: I'm Even though I play games occasionally, I'm not super familiar with how these servers and things like that work. you think I would be, I work in tech. Yeah, but... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but from what I can gather, it's just kind of a place online where everyone's able to talk and communicate and you know, pick which games they're going to play like, together that evening. And the way that they kind of all became involved in this server is that one friend would be introduced maybe by an online friend or someone else they knew in real life and that friend in turn would invite their friends until you've got a bit of an online community going on. Yeah. And within that community, they play games together as a group. They share clips and just kind of hang out. It's like virtu- virtually hanging out.
0: I suppose it's a freedom to be exactly who you want to be and no one has any preconceived idea of who you are. So I suppose there's probably a freedom with, with that.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it is very freeing being able to kill dragons with your friends or something (laughs) i'm not sure live
0: in a fantasy yeah absolutely
1: the owner of this server was someone that they'd never met that was lewis danes our killer friends of breck and fellow members of the online community described lewis as open and inviting he ran the server so he kind of served as its ringleader in a way i guess
0: you i think i believe it means this may be really wrong but i i, I listen occasionally to luke my boyfriend who's he's also a software engineer computer nerd <laughs> and i think it is that the server has to be switched on and then you can play your game through that server so he they if they can only play the game or whatever they're playing or part of as long as that server's switched on. So our killer would always have to make sure, like, he would know exactly when they're playing, that he would have to have the server on to be able to allow them ah, to play. Okay. If that makes sense. Probably butchered that completely, <laughs> and I bet people down in their headphones are screaming at me, being like, Georgia, you are way off. But I think it's like the host, the host. basically. Yeah, that's what I
1: gathered. It's like he's hosting the community and... Choosing who to invite and things like that. It's a good job we don't run a gaming podcast, yeah. isn't it?
0: Probably... <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, we'd, we'd be, be like... <laughs> oh god, yeah. We'd be banned.
1: Indeed, yeah. We'd, been, we'd, we'd be banished from that community.
0: <laughs> banned from the internet.
1: <laughs> so yeah, it was Lewis Danes that was running the server that Breck and his friends were a part of. To Breck, he represented someone accomplished with technology and they described themselves as a group, as in awe at the things that Lewis could do with a computer. Mm. Computers and gaming were so prominent in Breck's life, he was obsessed. Breck's mother would recall how Breck would spend all his birthday and Christmas money on his computer. And Breck's father would also say how computers and technology Always appealed to Breck, even from a young age. When Breck was a child, they bonded with science and rockets and technology, and it was always such a key feature of Breck's life and, and his childhood. Wow. Breck built his own computer to his own specification. It meant that he could design it how he wanted with the.
0: That's amazing. But at fourteen as well. Yeah. Well, before it's... fourteen, I'm sure that's exactly. Oh wow! Yeah.
1: Sounded like an awesome setup that he had as well. I I built my own PC too, but I think his probably sounds. Well, he had like three monitors. He was he was legit. He was very into it.
0: He would have been so cool. That's some amazing equipment. Indeed. Really cool. As
1: Lewis was. Uh, involved with computing and seemed to know what he was talking about, you can see why Breck maybe took even more of a shining to Lewis Danes than the others. Yeah. I think, to Breck, Lewis represented a great opportunity to learn. What no one in Breck's family realised, though, was that Lewis was more than an online friend. Lewis was actually a fully grown adult that spent his days trawling the internet for young gamers to befriend. Lewis personified deception. Lewis would spin a web of lies, telling Breck and his friends that he ran an infosecurity company that helped the US government, and that he'd been doing that since he was 16.
0: Oh, no.
1: He told Lewis and his friends that he had two million in Bitcoin. No. That he gave away. Yeah. Naturally, you know, these lads, as naive 14 or 15-year-olds, would kind of just believe these lies. Of course. Particularly Breck. Lewis told the group that he travelled the world with apartments in various big cities, that he was frequently gaming with them from all the way in New York. In reality, Lewis was actually unemployed and living in a small flat in Essex.
0: Oh my gosh. He's literally feeding them every possible dream that they might have and making it sound as though it's, it's reachable for them. If he started at 16, that's only a couple years off. So, if I just, if I learn everything I can of this person, then maybe I can have the same lifestyle as him. So, of course, they were, they were, they, you know, he spanned these webs around them and they believed him.
1: Yeah, he was a pathological liar. Right. I've got some more of the things that he says in here later on. It's just like, you roll your eyes like, oh, God. Um, I think as like a 14 or a 15 year old, you're less. If someone told us, oh yeah, I've been running a company, an InfoSec company for the US government since I was 16, I'd probably be like, yeah, that's bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You piss on my leg and tell me it's raining and all that jazz. <laughs> it's, it's very obvious that it's fanciful as Breck's dad would say. But
0: I think we've also got to remember as well that they've spent hours talking to this person and building up a rapport with mm-hmm. them. And he would probably consider him as one of his friends. So I think that just adds another layer to it all. And yeah. Yeah. That's really sad. Definitely.
1: I've, I I mentioned that in, in my notes later, actually. That it can be quite easy to say, like, "Well, how how and why would you believe that?" Yeah. But like you say, this is done over a long, gradual period. It's not all at once. You don't. No groomer starts with the crazy lies. You know, it's just probably introductions for the first month or so, and getting to know you, and then they start exactly. pushing their limits, pushing the boat out, testing how far testing they can the push waters.
0: it. Yeah, exactly. And that's what and that's how they do it. It's just it's drip feeding and then the big lies don't really seem that big anymore because you're so wrapped in it all. That's what's scary about it. Exactly.
1: Exactly. It's all very... It feeds into... It's a vicious cycle. It feeds into itself. One of the strange things about this case, believe it or not, is that Breck's mother and Lewis would actually interact Really? When Breck's mother would come into the room where Breck was playing his computer games, Breck would normally announce, like, hey, my mum's just come into the room. And whereas most of his 15, 14-year-old friends would just go quiet, yeah, <laughs> Lewis would engage her. He had a kind of a palpable confidence and he'd be, you know, hey, mum, and asking about her and, you know, how she is. And you could even say that they built a rapport at the beginning, at the beginning. Um, oh as Breck's mum would ask Lewis about New York and his life. She even knew his real age, Um, you know, 18. And 18, did you say? Yeah. And because she knew he was 18, that did make her feel that there was something a bit unusual going on. Mm. Similarly, Breck's friends began to grow suspicious of Lewis. Unlike all of the, unlike all of the rest of the community, Lewis wouldn't show his face on camera.
0: Oh, that's a telling sign.
1: Mm-hmm. A couple of them, including Breck, did Skype him at one point, but mentioned that he would just stay out of the camera um, in like a kind of a darkly lit room, and they found it strange that this supposedly high flyer, you know, young business leader, uh, wasn't more open and confident with his camera.
0: Mm. Red flags.
1: Yeah, the abundance of red flags. Breck, however, had been picked up for special treatment by Lewis. He'd tell him things that he wants to hear. You're a smart guy, Breck. You're so talented. You're really going places, and so forth. And would really play into that. It, is, it literally is grooming. He's trying to build him up and builds him up. Yeah. And it was like that grooming was well underway at this point. After six months, Breck and Lewis began communicating on a private channel, away from the rest of the gamers. Lewis began to turn things up a notch. Because they were away from the listening ears of Breck's friends, Lewis would encourage him to put his friends aside, and almost ostracise him, Breck that is, from the group. Oh no. Lewis would tell Breck that education was pointless, citing his own life experience which is crazy when you think about it because Lewis was actually unemployed and sat in a flat yeah. playing games with children. But he used to tell Breck, hey, you don't need to go to university, you don't need GCSEs because I've gone and done it. Actually, that was just complete baloney. And there was no substance to that at all. But it would play into the sort of thing that Breck wanted to hear. He's hearing from this oh. guy that's this world traveller and has his own company and he's making huge bank from...
0: It's- Following his footsteps. Oh, this is horrible. Yeah.
1: Lewis and Breck would still chat with the group, but Lewis's lies began to get even weirder. He told the group that he was thinking of going to help fight in Syria.
0: What? What?
1: Yeah. Okay. This was when when it was all going a bit mad in Syria, and yeah, he decided to tell them all that he was going to get involved. He's supposedly told them that he'd actually had experience in this sort of thing, because he'd been involved in the Egyptian coup a couple of years prior.
0: Quick question: So he started his profession quotation marks when he was sixteen. He's now telling them that he is eighteen. Mm-hmm. Um, is he actually eighteen? Yeah. Was he? Yeah, and yes. so in his incredible life that he's built up for himself he's traveled the world he's worked for he's worked for do- loads of different companies he's now being flown up to syria and a couple of years prior he did some work how has he fit this all like he must be like 150 at this point like he has lived a long life if time travel must be a thing because there's no way you can fit all of this into two years that's insane
1: yeah that's pretty much spot on and you're asking the critical questions that yeah. seemingly weren't asked that maybe should have been asked by the the teens. That's crazy. Um, yeah, and he even with the with the Syria thing, he even went through like a whole spiel. He set a date for his leaving, and you know, the night before, the morning before, he wished everyone goodbye. And
0: oh no, please! This
1: is it. I'm going. I'm going to Syria, and within hours, he was back online. With a story about how a bomb in Baghdad stops him from leaving. Oh. So this guy is like committed to the lies.
0: Incre- oh my gosh. Wow. That is quite something.
1: Yeah, wow well, indeed. You, you, The, the goal to, to commit to that is just weird. Yeah. And yeah, it's important to remember, you know, in essence, these are very impressionable children right now. and It seems crazy that he was getting away with these lies. But like you said, Georgia, this was done over a long period of time and he didn't just jump straight in with these far-fetched absurdities. He would yeah. you know, drip-feed and gain trust. And although it didn't work with all of them, it really did work with Breck. Mm. That's where Lewis began to focus even more of his attention. Breck's fans despaired at this, you know, they really did start to piece things together about how full of rubbish that Lewis was. They began to tell Breck how they felt about Lewis, that they knew he was a liar and that he was not a good character and should generally be avoided. Like any skilled groomer, Lewis was prepared for this eventuality. He began to feed Breck lies about the rest of the group talking negatively about Breck behind his back. Bitching effectively. <sighs> Lewis told Breck that his friends said they hated him. He reassured Breck. No. Yeah, it's classic, classic manipulative tactic.
0: It, yeah, it is. It's just, oh, you don't see it when you're in it.
1: No, and that's the sad thing. He's trying to, he's trying to put a lot of dependency for Breck on him, and he really yeah. did reiterate that he tried to reassure Breck that all that mattered was their friendship between the two of them, and as a pair they could conquer all. And in that regard, Lewis had won, because Breck was beginning to become isolated from his friends. Only one person stood in Lewis's way from getting what he wanted, and that was Breck's mum. (gasps) Breck's mum spoke about how she'd ask Breck to do something, only to hear Lewis tell Breck that he didn't need to listen, that he should ignore his mum. So, this is kind of weird, but she decided to engage Lewis in an online chat.
0: She started... She's what? Sorry, she...
1: So, she's basically doing what any mother of a teenager would do and say, Hey, Breck, you've got to go and do your chores. You've got to, you know, take the washing out of the washer. Yeah. Put the... Do some polishing in the lounge or whatever. And because, I, I presume, from the other story earlier about uh, Breck's mum interacting with Lewis, that she could hear Lewis talking to Breck, and Lewis would say, don't do that. Ignore your mum. You don't need to listen to her. You don't need to do what she says. That's not good. And as a consequence consequence of that, she, Breck's mum, decided to engage Lewis in an online chat. She wanted to speak to him online
0: directly. (gasps) Oh my gosh. How did that go?
1: Yeah, it well, I mean, it does sound weird, doesn't it? It seems like a little kind of weird approach. And I, I feel awful for Bragg's mother because she actually did a lot of the right things. In fact, everything she did was probably correct action. And yeah, in terms of the story of the saga, she is a bit of a hero in terms of like what she went through. But obviously Gosh. the conversation with Lewis is a bit unorthodox and the outcome was a bit strange too.
0: Well, I suppose it depends how many times before you go in are you, are you are you about to say what was said in this conversation yeah or yeah so but before you so we have to also remember that it might just might not have just been the one conversation where he, she overheard him say those things. She probably had her suspicions as well as there's this eighteen year old boy that is now speaking to my son one on one he's not. He, my son isn't speaking to his rest of his friends that he started, ta- you know, that he started this whole gaming thing with. He's now speaking to this one guy, and now I'm hearing him telling, telling him to be defiant of w- what I'm asking of him. It might not have been just the one time; it might have been this repeated thing. So that she then goes, "You know what? I'm going to speak to him directly."
1: It was repeated. I just meant it was kind of a bit strange that she. That was the act- She should have taken action and she did. It's yeah. Just as slightly unorthodox to. Well, maybe it's not. I mean, how many. Um, who am I to say? Because, like, this isn't a common scenario, but, but it's. First action is to talk to them directly. I mean, I guess that's a reasonable thing to do. I just think it's slightly. Most parents probably would just be like, right, put your computer away. I don't trust you online. I think she maybe just wanted to yeah. uh, try and tackle the problem at its source, which is. Completely fair enough, but like I said, it's just slightly unorthodox, and I wasn't expecting it.
0: Hmm. No, I understand that. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, don't know what the right yeah what the right way would be. Yeah, it's, it's probably it is an unusual situation.
1: Really unusual. I think it was really unusual. I mean, the facts. I think it was like this really strange dynamic too because, breakfast fourteen, Lewis was eighteen. That's really weird. It's really weird, but it's not. Mm. The distance isn't so much that it's unfeasible. It is weird. I don't know why any 18 year old would want to hang around with a fourteen-year-old or play online with a fourteen-year-old, but it's yeah. Yeah. And anyway, it's
0: not uncommon.
1: N- n- yeah, no, well, it probably is um, slightly uncommon, but it's it's within the realms of possibility. Yes. Any anyhow, so she so she spoke to Lewis directly. Breck's mother asked Lewis why he was involving himself in her parenting. Lewis, clearly not afraid of confrontation, fired back with talk about how she'd take Breck to church against his will. And Lewis began attacking her for all the things that stopped Breck being able to use his computer, so the chores she made him do and the fact she stopped him from accessing the Wi-Fi sometimes. Breck's Breck's mother's response was, you know, I'm doing these things because I love him and we're a family and it's completely not his place to say otherwise. Just a completely fair point.
0: Yeah, fair point. Absolutely. <laughs> Agreed.
1: But they evidently didn't reach any kind of agreement at the end of that conversation. Naturally, after ending the conversation, Breck's mother became concerned, really concerned. She was already concerned and now she's just spoken to or had a very unusual interaction with this internet friend of her son's. mother called the police. She handed over all the information she had on Lewis. That included Lewis's full name, that he was originally from Essex, and his correct age. She didn't know it was correct, but she gave the age she thought, and it it was his correct age. Hmm. She didn't hear back. Breck's mum called a meeting with other parents to discuss the situation with Lewis. On Lewis's insistence, Breck recorded the meeting. And the tragic part about that recording is listening to Breck's exchange with his parents. Breck's mum and dad raised valid concerns about the fanciful lies that Lewis had told Breck. Who on earth would own a company that contracts to the US government at 16? How? How would that even happen? Yeah, Breck responds to their concerns by saying there's no one else he shares interests with aside from Lewis. Which to me is so sad because it shows that Lewis has at this point successfully made Breck, who is a very ordinary 14-year-old boy or or should I say ordinary interests, but Lewis has successfully made Breck feel like he's the only person in the world to understand him.
0: Oh gosh, yeah, that's hard, isn't it?
1: It is. It's effective grooming is what it is.
0: Very effective. Wow.
1: The meeting was a success. Breck agreed to distance himself from Lewis. His mum, to ensure he stuck to that agreement, took away all of Breck's computer equipment. After some time, to Breck's family, it seemed like the old Breck was back. However... Lewis managed to secretly courier Breck a phone.
0: He what? How did he do that?
1: I don't know how he did it, but he managed to courier Breck a phone that his family didn't know about.
0: What? Yeah, so he's... Oh my god, he's persistent.
1: Persistent and extremely crafty.
0: Yeah, really crafty. Oh, that's a really... It
1: ensured that they were able to communicate that entire time, even though to his parents... The problem had gone away.
0: Well this will well this is just gonna make things harder for the parents as well, because he's now gonna be far more secretive about his communications with this man. And mm-hmm. that would be harder then for his parents to detect when things you know, things are already going wrong.
1: Well or... to be totally honest with you, they never really detect that this is happening again. No. And Oh that's we're... so sad. At the time, with Breck seemingly over the Lewis problem, his family gave him his computers back
0: too. Uh, okay.
1: In February 2014, Breck went on a trip to Spain. His friends felt he loved that trip. He met a girl that he liked over there, and apparently it did the world of good for his confidence. Upon Breck's return, his dad noticed a confidence in Breck. On February the 16th, 2014, Breck asked his dad if he could go and hang out with a friend. A friend called Tom. Breck's father offered him a lift, but Breck insisted that he could get there himself. Oh no. Yeah, you might be able to see where this is going.
0: No, I think, yeah, I think I've already guessed.
1: Within a couple of hours of leaving, Breck asked his dad if he was able to stay over because they were working on creating a faster operating system. And he didn't want to leave. On the morning of the 17th of February 2014, Tom, the real friend that Breck was meant to be staying with, logged onto his computer at his home while alone. When he logged onto his computer, Tom spoke to Lewis. They were all part of the same community, as you remember.
0: Same group.
1: He spoke to Lewis, who told him that Breck had come to visit, that there had been an incident, and that Breck was now dead. What? Photos of Breck's body had even been posted to social media and into the online gaming group. No. And the really sad part is that while Breck's parents were being told by police about his death, his young triplet siblings... Were being messaged by friends asking if the stories about Breck were true.
0: Oh my, oh my God!
1: It's really tragic.
0: Oh my God, that's horrific. So sad. Oh, that's so sad. Oh my gosh, I can't believe that. That's all. That is awful, 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 awful way to be told. Oh, oh my. I <laughs> wasn't expecting it to go this way. I knew, yeah. I do not think, yeah, really sad. I I watched
1: a documentary and his siblings just look tired, very done with it all, because they said that... I just can't imagine. Yeah, they said the worst part is that everyone knows, and they've just become, like, the girl that's a sibling of the boy that was killed. It's really sad. It's really sad to see. Yeah. It's clearly, they were a close-knit family before.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, especially if it's been put on social media. I can't... Oh, my goodness. That would be... Uh... It'd be very difficult, yeah. One of the... Oh, I don't really know what to say. That's just... Oh, that's sad.
1: One of the most famous parts about this case is Lewis's call uh, to 999. In a calm manner, he requested the police and a forensic team. Like it was a casual fact, Lewis says, My friend and I got into an altercation, and I'm the only one who came out alive. Lewis calmly explains to the operator that Breck woke up suicidal before turning on Lewis, and that Lewis Lewis said that in the commotion, he slashed Breck's throat. What? We can listen, I've got a link to a recording of the, of that 999 call if you want to yes. listen. Yes,
0: yeah, that would be interesting to hear. Essex
2: Place Emergency.
3: Hi there, um, okay, uh, hello, um, I need police and a forensic team to my address, please.
2: What do you mean? What's happened?
3: My friend and I got into an altercation and I'm the only one who came out alive.
2: Are you telling me you've killed somebody?
3: Yes, I am.
2: Right, and who am I speaking to? My name
3: is Lewis Daines. I'm 18 years old and I live...
2: Right, Okay. And what's actually happened?
3: My friend... Came to stay the night with me yesterday. Feeling very down, feeling suicidal. And I woke up this morning. He was in a mess. I tried to calm him down. I hugged him, then said that I was there for him. He grabbed. He he shrugged, me off.
2: Can you can you just bear with me a second? Don't tell me any more, okay? Yeah. You're telling me he is definitely dead.
3: I'm telling yes, I'm telling you he's definitely dead.
2: Give me a second. Right, okay, Lewis, I need you to just take me back through that again. So what happened last night?
3: Okay. He came to stay with me because he was feeling down. I tried What's my best. his name? Breck. B-R-E-C-K Bednar. B-E-D-N-E-R. Sorry, uh,
2: B-R-E-C-K. Breck. Yes. And then his surname is?
3: Bednar. B-E-D-N-E-R.
2: Okay, so he came to stay with you. Uh,
3: look, I can explain this to the officers when they come. I will just... I, I
2: need to take these initial I, details.
3: I know, I know. I, he came to stay with me the night. I did my best to comfort him. I woke up this morning... He was in a mess. I tried again.
2: Just slow down again, Lewis. I need to take these deep... So did you have an argument with him last night? No,
3: we were fine.
2: You were fighting? No,
3: no, we were fine. We were fine last night. We both went to sleep. I said that we were fine.
2: Okay, but why did he come to stay with you?
3: Because he was fed up with his home life.
2: Right, because he was fed up with his home he's life. He's got,
3: look, he's had a lot of problems. I've known him for a long time. He came to stay with me. I was in Thailand last week on holiday. He was in Spain on right, holiday. Right, okay, okay, both okay. both got back.
2: So, um, you both went to bed, and then what's happened this morning?
3: I woke up. He was just standing up. He was in a mess. Hands on his face. I got up. I put my arms around him, and I said it was Okay. He just shrugged me off and said, "No, some I can't remember exactly what he said." He he was going on about how he didn't want to go home. He was fed up with his life, and he he didn't want to go.
2: Right. And okay.
3: He. I have a penknife on the side of sorry in my room, adjacent to my bed. I have a a chest of drawers. After shaving the TV and stuff on there, I had a penknife on there, folded. He picked it up, opened it, and then lost control. I
2: Slow down, let me just let me just take those details here. Penknife on the bedside table, Brett grabbed this, yeah. what, in order to harm himself?
3: No, in order to harm me, he opened it and then right. lost okay. control.
2: To harm, and opened it, um, states he lost control.
3: I, yep. in self-defense, put my left arm up to block him from stabbing me effectively we struggled I got him to the ground he got up I got the knife can you can you not interrupt me with this part
2: okay go on okay
3: this is being recorded anyway isn't it yep I grabbed the knife and I stabbed him once in the back of the neck I believe somewhere near the brain stem he turned around Tried to carry it on, and I, I think I stumbled on my chest of drawers. I fell over. I got back up, backed away, and then I, I don't remember exactly what happened, but the fight ended with me cutting his throat. I believe I turned around and I slashed his throat. Uh, now, he okay. fell. He fell face first on my bed. I tried to stop the bleeding. Yep. He fell onto the floor. Yep. I couldn't stop it. His throat was properly cut.
2: And he's still on the floor?
3: Yes. He fell onto the bed face first. I was tr- I was trying to compress the wound right, at okay. that time. And Lewis, are on. you
2: still in the room where Breck is? No. Where are you?
3: Look, this... Don't okay, don't interrupt me, just let me explain this if this is being recorded. I didn't know what to do. I felt like
2: right is is the the house where you are is where you are and where brick is, yes. yeah,
3: I but felt, you're
2: you're in another room, are you?
3: Yes, I felt like taking my own life I i d I don't remember what happened after that. All I know is I dropped the knife in my hallway. I stripped down and just sat in the shower.
2: Right, you've left the weapon in the hallway. Yes.
3: Yeah.
2: And have spent how long sitting in the shower?
3: I, I, I don't know. Look, are, the, are the police on their way? I can hear someone. They
2: are, they are. Okay, I'm um, going to
3: go and do my part. Please, Thank you for your help.
0: Right, just listen.
1: What did you think?
0: Oh, my God. That was probably... That was so shocking. And so much of it made me I had to I had to keep pausing it and just like ranting to Greg <laughs> cuz that first off as he answers that phone call so when he when he calls the police he talks as though he's asking for a bloody plumber mm. to fix his dishwasher that's got a leak he literally says it so casually and it's like oh hi i would like to uh have the police and forensic team and the poor lady who is trying to decipher what he's saying and he says and she was like oh so if you if you kill are you trying to tell me you've killed someone yes like absolutely shocking and another there was lots of parts that i found really shocking and awful but when he says to the 999 operator excuse me can you not interrupt me on this next bit please That is just the audacity. sass. This is going to be recorded. Like, don't interrupt me, please.
1: I feel like the don't interrupt me stuff and like the really patronizing uh, tone that he had and took with the operator. I feel like he did all this in his head before. And I feel like he felt all he had to do to get away with it, if you will, was call up. Tell them the story that he's made up in his head, recite it, and every time that she asked him a question, it was ruining his plan. And that's when he became Just like so rude, off. and don't interrupt me on this part, don't do this, don't do that. It kept clarifying, this is being recorded, so why are you asking me to repeat things? That... Yeah,
0: exactly. There's a few. There's a few lines in there that are really off-putting. Like, yeah, this is being recorded, so you don't need to ask these questions. And when the police come by, oh, I can hear the sirens of the police on the way. Yes, they're on their way to you. All right, well, I better go because I get to do my piece. What do you? Mean? It's not a show. This is a real person's life that you've taken. This isn't. This isn't just a game.
1: It feels like it's a game to him.
0: Yeah, like going through the processes that he's he's got in his head. And, I'm sorry, but the way he killed him, horrific, horrific, and that does not sound like self-defence.
1: No, I mean, you can't, it's surely highly unlikely that you can accidentally slit someone's throat.
0: No, but bear in mind he's already stabbed him in the back of the, the neck, and he's already like near the brains, He's he's worked this all out there's some details there that are really
1: he's mapped it all disturbing. out he's paint he's painted the narrative he's he's planned for this and um yeah i mean I, I could move on to the part about you know the investigation if you want um
0: yes please do otherwise i'll be ranting here for ages <laughs>
1: <laughs> but that, that really does clarify that how much planning and and everything that went into yeah. this because investigators arrived on the scene to a knife on the hallway floor which Lewis mentioned. In the lounge, clothing had been cut up and there was duct tape in the bins. It looked like the duct tape had been used to bind someone's hands and or legs together. In in the bathroom, there were phones and hard drives soaking in water within the sink. Oh, no. Despite all of the above, Lewis stuck to his tale of self-defence. Investigators discovered Lewis had bought duct tape and condoms in the build-up to that night, and evidence pointed to him planning this for weeks. Sadly, there was even evidence of sexual activity between the pair. No. The devices and hard drives in the water show how Lewis had tried to cover his tracks. He had forgotten an important device, though. Breck's iPads that investigators found in the bottom of his bag. (laughs) Good. On Breck's iPad, police found a barrage of emails from Lewis to Breck dating back to Christmas. Lewis's contact was relentless. They established via the emails that Breck had got to Lewis's flat by a taxi that was pre-booked by Breck two weeks beforehand. Lewis told Breck to lie to his father about where he was going, to say that he was just hanging with a 14-year-old friend and that he wanted to spend some time outdoors. Detectives discovered that Lewis Danes had been abandoned by his parents as a child. He grew up in and out of foster care before living on his own at sixteen. There he developed unhealthy online habits, including watching beheading videos from Syria.
0: Oh, my God,
1: After ten months of investigating, detectives identified finally why Breck had gone to Lewis's house that evening, and it was another massive deception from Lewis. Lewis told Breck that he was ill and that it was serious. He told Breck that he wanted to hand his company over to Breck. Lewis needed Breck to come over to his place after Breck got back from his holiday. Lewis told Breck to bring all of his devices and only then would Lewis explain the situation with his health. Of course, that wasn't the case. We may never know for sure what truly happened that night, but sadly, Breck met his death at the vicious hand of Lewis Daines. Lewis eventually changed his plea to guilty, which I think is kind of like thank God because there's a, a bunch of children, teenagers that are in, involved in this and uh, they haven't had to go through the trauma of a trial.
0: Oh my gosh, could you imagine? Oh. Lewis? It's already horrific, him sharing photos of Breck. Mm. It's just, yeah, horrific.
1: Yeah, imagine waking up on, you know, first day of half term, I think they said it was, and you log on to your internet community, and the first thing you're told is that one of your best friends has been killed. It's horrible.
0: And the way he said it's so blasé.
1: Yeah, shocking. Lewis? Lewis was convicted of murder with sadistic and sexual intent and has been sentenced to life in prison. Now, one of the sad things about this case is that you might remember me saying that Breck's mother contacted the police about Lewis and never got a response. Yeah. She had hoped to find out if Lewis Danes was known to the police. She figured if he was, then it would make the conversation with Breck a whole lot easier. The problem was, is that Lewis was on the police's system. And the reason he was on the what? police assistant was because of a sexual allegation involving a fifteen-year-old boy. No. Yeah, absolutely horrible.
0: Why didn't the why? Why didn't the police respond?
1: Uh, apparently, there was issues with communication. There's this there's this really sad part of the documentary where, uh, where Breck's mother says that every night she dreams that. Things would work out differently, that the police would have given her a visit and spoken to Breck and mentioned this allegation and that Lewis isn't a good person and that suddenly her arguments with Breck were over and he would understand and that none of this would happen. And she says that now she's just a shell of a person and she only lives for her triplets and that's it. It was very, very sad. I shed a tear. That's
0: so, so sad. So sad. So sad. Oh my god.
1: In terms of legacy, though, like I said, Prec's mother is one of the heroes in this tale. Um, she set up the Breck Foundation to raise awareness of online dangers. And she's hoping that yeah. um, as the aftermath of Breck's tragedy that it will open the eyes of everyone to the threat of online predators, because they really do exist. And that is the story of Breck Bednar and his tragic death.
0: Oh my gosh, that was so tragic. Thank you for sharing that, though, Greg. It was really well done. It's just Heavy. so so sad. Bit of a heavy one, that one. Really heavy, but an important one to tell. Mm. Like we said at the beginning, it's it's so relevant to all of us. There's just some awful people out there, awful awful people, and oh yeah, Brett's mum did everything.
1: She did. Really did all the right things, you know, just took his computer away. The problem is is that younger people are quite crafty with
0: they're so clever
1: finding loopholes and stuff like that, and they he was was able to still communicate and facilitate communication with Lewis. Um, they
0: will find a way
1: yeah, and I mean Lewis was relentless too as to as far as monsters go, he has to be I know we've talked about killers that have killed lots of people in various ways but the commitment and the time that he's put into this manipulative process and to separate Lewis away from uh, and to separate Breck away from his friends and his family and completely alienate him is if it wasn't so horrific it would be impressive but it is horrific and it's so evil and um, I hope he's never released but I think sadly he will be
0: yeah yeah exactly and well, just be careful out there, you know. The internet isn't a bad thing, but just be careful. Just think twice mm. the people you're speaking to. Make sure that they, the timeline adds up. If you have any questions, ask them. Don't feel in doubt that, oh, I don't know if I should ask this, or if something they've said isn't quite right, question it. Question it. Don't...
1: Always be sceptical.
0: And always trust your instinct, because... Mm. There are some awful people out there, and that, like Greg said, they are very, very clever at how they do it. It's like a job to them, so just be careful, be careful, oh absolutely brilliant, brilliant Quace. I'm glad you did that one,
1: yeah, yeah, me too it was uh it was very tragic, but very um, yeah, shocking before before we both have a breakdown should we do you want to read the socials
0: yes please so send in your true crime and paranormal stories to gore and guilty podcast at gmail.com and follow us on instagram at goreandguiltypodcast where we'll be active and we can chat to you guys and obviously if you can rate and review this podcast gore and guilty it would be greatly appreciated So thank you. And remember, we won't judge if...
1: Gore is your guilty pleasure.
0: Thank you for listening. Thanks, guys.
1: Take care now.